You're gonna hear a lot of a lot of lumber and um. But the show must what, go. What on. do they make? What else do they make houses out of these days? Drywall, baby. Yeah. Drywall, <laughs> asbestos. <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep on. Don't you sleep on asbestos? I have the the notable uh, glory of being the in the last generation of Bard students to sleep in the asbestos riddled dorm before they decided to fix it. Um, so I'm gonna die young. Um, man. Okay. Well, so I'm in Texas. That's not the reason, though. It's not why you're going to die young. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say you're the lucky one. It's not. The, it's not the. It's not the sole reason. Yeah, it's not the sole yeah. reason. It's like the. It's not even the proximate cause, but it's a contributing factor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably just going to die young because uh, of the chain smoking. <laughs> that plus the asbestos. <laughs> That's probably. How, how are you going to die, Logan? I mean, oh, how am I going to die young? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably just get beat for for trying to intervene in some situation that I shouldn't be. <laughs> Whoa, sort of a hero, tragic hero situation. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would be heroic, but I would try to get involved and someone would just be like, no, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> wow. wow. I used to go to like a lot of uh, like metal shows, you know, but I don't like dress metal or like look metal. So I would like get in the pit and people would get so mad that this like, you know, emo looking dude was in the metal pit and they would just like clock me and I got hit so many times for just like being dressed wrong at the metal show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to understand the politics of the pit because aren't you supposed to get hit a little bit? And it's hard to tell when a hit is, is a camaraderie <laughs> hit personal. and when a hit is a message to not yeah. be there. It's <laughs> yeah. tough yeah. To, to discern. Well, it's like in wrestling yeah. where like sometimes they hit you a little bit harder than you're supposed to to send a message, you know, like there's like a top end limit to how hard you're supposed to hit someone in the pit. You can kind of read the room and figure that out. But mm. then wrestling in, you know, then sometimes if they think you're doing it wrong, there's no limit. They'll just go break your bones. <laughs> hmm. Those are the good shows. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, speaking of fighting, we were, we're, hey. we're doing a fighting podcast, guys. That's right. We're breaking down the last uh, hundred UFC matches. We're doing our <laughs> top 100 uh, top to bottom. We're covering it all. Uh, no, fuck that. We're doing something way cooler. We're doing a dude. Dude, dude, wait, how do you, what's the beat? Hell yeah, let's fucking go. Welcome to Game Boys. I'm your host, Griffin, and I'm joined, of course, by your other host, Lux. And we have a fucking baller guest again, keeping up our streak of cool guests, um, which is every fucking episode, except the ones that are just me and Griffin. Um, it is a writer for Honest Trailers and Screen Junkies. It is my friend from the internet. It's Logan Reese is joining us this week. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. Happy to fucking have you, man. Happy to have you for this episode because we were talking about <laughs> trying to find someone who's makes who talks about movie shit online. And immediately I was like, oh, I friend someone on Twitter who does that. Um, <laughs> and so it's a perfect time to get into a. Uh, to some to some if you haven't picked up by my, me screaming the words Mortal Kombat, we're talking about Mortal Kombat because the trailer came out uh, for the new one. So we watched the old one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just watched it today. It was uh, it was a great rewatch. You know, I think it got a lot more shit than it deserved. I got a lot. I got a lot more out of it than I usually have. But I don't know if all the stuff I got out of it was good. But we'll get into that as we talk about <laughs> the movie. Uh, I saw I think I got I got a lot out of it as a kid and now on the rewatch today I think it took something from me and yeah so we have, we have a lot to discuss there for for sure um but uh are you yeah so are, are we are we dealing like 
are we dealing with a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan? Are we de- dealing with a super biased person here? Or, or what, what is, what's your Mortal Kombat background outside of the film? I'm going to be honest. I had not played a Mortal Kombat game, I don't think, since the arcade game back in, you know, back in the Pizza Hut lobby, uh, the waiting room. Um, okay. Sure. <laughs> until okay. until uh, good, you guys good. asked me to be here, and then I was like, I should probably p- play like the latest one. Uh, luckily, it was seventy percent off in the PlayStation Store, so <laughs> I yeah. played it for a little bit today. Yeah, it's good. That's nice, but yeah, that's nice. But you know, I'm, I'm glad because I, I really I didn't want the gamer angle on this <laughs> film. I wanted the cinema angle yeah. i wanted someone looking at it from the lens of a film because if video games are ever going to be successfully translated to the larger mediums of film and television they must be evaluated on that same level um so that's very exciting to hear um mortal Kombat for me i saw that movie at skateboard camp and i had never played the video game <laughs> so it was actually my very first experience ever seeing it wow. um and, and it was very very it was very like a teen to me at the time it was like a movie that like the teens were watching i I was probably like 11 years old or something at the time um this is like late 90s uh and uh, i remember it being pretty cool but then you know i just never was really into the game so the movie was really my main experience with the franchise um well man i got some bad news for you griffin because i love mortal kombat um, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but like, yeah, I've told the story before. Cut, cut his mic. Cut his mic. Uh, only my bad internet can do that. Um, but no, uh, yeah, only Spectrum has that power. But no, uh, when I was a when I was a kid, my dad would sort of get rid of me by giving me two dollars and quarters and sending me to the laundromat to play Mortal Kombat while he was like do stuff. Um, yeah, and same here. I got really, really fucking good at it. Um. I got really, really good at Mortal Kombat 3 at the at the uh, laundromat. And so I got really into Mortal Kombat games because I never could pick up Street Fighter or Guilty Gear, King of Fighters as well as I wanted to. But Mortal Kombat was always the one, as we discovered with Adam Dietz, that I was good at because it doesn't really involve much blocking. Um, And I hate also your violent personality. Yeah, my very aggressive personality that you can tell by the rage that's always percolating (laughs) under the surface of my voice. It was either that or you were killing small animals is one or the other. It probably would have been the second, but mutually exclusive. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's true. My problem with the animals thing is there just weren't a lot of those in inner city D.C. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) pigeons are hard to catch. Yeah, especially. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I played that game a ton as a kid and uh, got really got really, really fucking good at it. And then I watched the movies and was a cute like super into it because it's like you're a little kid and there's a thing you love. So you just love the thing regardless. Uh, And then I didn't really watch the movies for a long time. And I tuned out on the games until recently. I played some of the newer ones. Um, But my fandom kind of waned over time as I got less into fighting games. And now we're we're watching the movie and it was a wild experience. Because uh, I hadn't watched it since I was like in love with it. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. I remember like it being super hyped when I was a kid. I mean, this movie probably came out when I was like five, and so yeah, I like at the time I was probably more into video games then than I have ever been in my life. <laughs> and the movie felt like the video game, which was super cool because I didn't have to play the the movie. Uh, because I'm very bad at video games. Fair enough. Well, Griffin, do you want to just get into it? I know you made like a plot point list to to hit it. Do you want to just start from the top? Yeah, we were supposed to talk about other stuff at the beginning, but we completely forgot. So fuck it. Maybe we'll talk about stuff at the end. Oh, let's go. Let's, yeah. get, let's get right into the movie. And it was um, my thing, too. I got so excited about Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, I know. It's your fault. It's, I it's fucked myself. I, I, I fucked myself. That's life. That's my life. Let's just talk about Mortal Kombat. Um, okay, guys, let's let's get into this movie. Um, it is uh, a 1995 film, um, and it's directed by a man named Paul W.S. Anderson, not not the Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, you know, uh, of the indie realm. Um, you know, he's a guy who has directed like, you know, uh, like Resident Evil movies. A lot of like other of these like, you know, video game movies that like release in the summer and like don't do that well, but they keep on making them and they like all star like Mia Jovovich or whatever. Just dropped Monster um, Hunter this this month. Monster yeah. Hunter. Yeah. They, Monster Hunter. Um, and, and so that's kind of been he made, a, I guess, a, a famously Event Horizon. If you've seen that, he made that as well. Um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat was like a big it was like a big moment in the culture where people were like, oh, can a video game be a movie? Uh, and most of the critics said no after watching <laughs> it. Um, most of the people thought that uh, it, it that it didn't work, but that it would receive uh, sort of a cult following, which it kind of did. Uh, it actually had a kind of a huge release when it came out. Um, it was uh, the most successful box office opening of the weekend. Um, and then it like was in the top three for the next couple of weeks after that. It was like a really successive, successful run for a movie that honestly didn't even cost that much. Um, so like commercially, it was very successful and it did sell a lot um, afterwards. Um, but uh, that's kind of the setting for uh, for the movie and sort of what happened with it. But let, let, let's let's start. Uh, th this movie kind of starts off immediately with some fighting, which I appreciate. It starts off just immediately with a, 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 like a hand to hand combat going down. No bullshit. No, no lead up. We're just immediately fighting. It's uh, Sung. Uh, it's the bad guy. Uh, Sung Zhang, I believe Sa his name is. That, Shang is that Shang Sun, Shang Sun. I have his name written down. I just wasn't looking. Uh, and he's beating the shit out of uh, our protagonist's brother, I guess. Yes. Um, and it's just uh, he just defeats him handedly. Yeah, he owns that kid because um, he's a child. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he's fighting a child. Mm -hmm. It's like acting big and badass. Like, yeah, you just beat up a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, you're right. It is. It is like a dark opening. It's like face off when they snipes a kid or yeah. kisses the teen. Um, <laughs> it definitely but grabs yeah. the audience. I mean, you know, it follows that rule of just pulling you right in. <laughs> yeah, it makes it's a it's a it's a good way to start the movie. But then the cut out of it uh, is actually where my first all caps note comes in. Uh, which said, or in which I wrote down, opening dream into opening green. Where the fuck does Liu Kang live? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Because Liu Kang's room that we cut to, because it's 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 it, he, it's the scene ends with Liu Kang waking up and sitting up in a room that is lit as though it is as though the opposite wall is all just the computers with the matrix code on it, and it's just green mm -hmm. blasting everything, and they never show you what's outside of his house or why it's so green. <laughs> it look it looks like my room right now. Yeah, I was gonna it say, really yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, is he at your place? Is that where, is that where he is? Exact same reason. Yeah. Uh, okay, exactly. Funny, like, I, I related a lot to the character. I thought of the matrix too, but it's, it's not like digitally colored green. It's just lit green. Like it's not like yeah. it was a cool effect of the time. They just decided to make his room all green for no reason. 
Right. To clarify, yeah. I don't mean that it looked like the Matrix. I mean that it looked like those computers with the green text were just lining the wall right. on the other side of the that's room. And he was just bathing yeah. in that green glow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was imagining because that's exactly the color green. It's fucking pervasive. It's so weird. It like yeah. shocked me into the. It was like a, a real whiplash, which the first like 12 minutes of this movie is all just that in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> is all just being like, you're in one weird place. Now you're in another one. Here you go. Right. <laughs> because act one is really setting up who our sort of our trio, our squad is, because then we cut to um, Johnny Cage, who's like on a movie set. Uh, well, at first it's like, oh, he's just fighting a million guys. And you think he's like, oh, in this just big fight, like uh, we don't know why. But then it's like cut out. Oh, it's a movie. He's an action star. Um, and he's just like mad the stunt guys are bad at at their job and he like walks off set um, and people and, 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 and he's like no one takes me seriously and I'm like it seemed like everyone takes you seriously it seems like you just got mad at a guy like like it, yeah. it, it, I know like I know that the scene the story is supposed to be like he doesn't feel like he's a real martial artist and he needs to like prove his martial artist bona fides but like did you see that all in that scene no he seemed like a fucking douchebag yeah. Uh, he's like a total it's, asshole it's weird yeah because it's like no one takes me seriously he, there's that big like tabloid magazine of like he's a fake he doesn't actually do martial arts and it's like but you're also a movie star like when it, don't you want to get better at acting no you just want to be good at, at kicking people's butts <laughs> it's a weird mm-hmm. weird arc for him right like your job isn't fighting no it's not yeah, his your job not yeah. fighting it's fighting in movies which is acting yeah like it's yeah. it's crazy. Also, it has a great line from the director who which I can't tell like why this line's in the movie, but he's like, I'll be back directing traffic, which is like not the career path. <laughs> like it's not mm-hmm. like you direct one thing and then another <laughs> thing that's totally different and then it's separate. It's like not like you direct traffic and then direct court like direct like ice dancing and then direct movies. Like you just direct <laughs> a bunch of movies. Like they're not all the same thing. And it's such a it was such a weird line from that like Spielberg looking guy. Um, but then we meet uh, Johnny's. Or we, well, I had one more thing to say because it was, it was incredibly distracting. Uh, is is that this guy Johnny Cage just looked exactly like the Rickroll guy? <laughs> like it's like. <laughs> It, it, it literally like he's like a he's like it's the guy it looks he looks just like, like Rick Astley. You, uh, and I'm like is this about the Rickroll guy <laughs> it did not like, occur to me couldn't. for one second during the movie but you're absolutely right that he looks just like Rick Astley That's in so every funny. scene he's dressed he's dressed exactly like Rick Astley it's just like a body double um, of Rick Astley and so that's how I choose to sort of view the movie of like well yeah like this makes everything makes a little more sense if you think this is Rick Astley um, but then, yeah, we cut uh, to uh, like the Sonia Blade, right? Is her last name Blade? Uh, well, you skipped one. Where, we see Sonia Blade actually before this. But before we explain, okay. before you do that part, there's also uh, we see we meet Johnny Cage's like mentor. this like weird old man who's instantly a hundred times more interesting than Johnny Cage is for the entire scene. And then as he walks away, the, the old man morphs into Shang Tsung for the first time. We get to see sort of like that Shang Tsung is like pulling the strings back here. Um, and like kind of what he's oh, capable right. of. He's that he's like for some reason sneakily tricking these guys into joining the mortal combat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a con he's been pulling for like Johnny Cage's whole life of like being his mentor. That's, yeah. That's, Before he like killed the mentor serious. and stole his body. But like <laughs> it, 
it should have it should have been a scene where Johnny Cage like rolls over at, like next to his wife in bed, <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> like there's a tournament. <laughs> that would have yeah. been great. Yeah, that would have been very very strong. Um, but yeah, let's jump back to this obligatory '90s industrial concert in Hong Kong where we meet Sonya oh. Blade. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because for some reason I've been just, I've just been watching a lot of '90s movies lately, and it seems obligatory in every '90s movie that there's like an underground hardcore metal show. It's in all of it's, them. It's in, it's in, and they try to change a little bit, but like from like Hackers through like Triple X, I feel like yeah, every movie between those two movies has like a weird show where a bunch of like dirty looking guys play bad guitars near some garbage yeah. cans and a fence inside a factory, yeah. and it makes I think that's so much better than what we have today, which is no music in movies, <laughs> and like the only like the only variety is like sometimes like an NBA athlete does a comedy bit in the movie, <laughs> like 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 it's like. There's no fucking like I'd much rather have a band play at least like stamp the movie in an era. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is in uh, Clueless. I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm in the 90s now because I'm fucking Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is playing. <laughs> totally. It does situate the movie. And then and then in this case, it does the classic thing that these scenes always do in these fucking movies, which is make a scene where people have to really push their way through a crowd to get to the other yeah. side of the room. Cause what we love is action that is sort of prevented from happening by uh, like how crowded by the just room crowds. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But more, but most importantly, uh, Sonia is, is sort of this, uh, I guess, police officer. I'm not sure what force she works for. Like exactly. International FBI Interpol type thing. Yeah. I don't think she's they an ever international say. cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think distinctly feels like, like American, in, in a certain sense um but uh i'm like like i'm like but i watched her for a bunch of scenes i was like wh who the fuck is she and then i remember she's veronica vaughn from billy madison yeah mm -hmm. yeah it took and me I was a like, second holy too holy shit yeah those yeah. were her two big roles i think I was, I was like damn like yeah they were her two big roles and i was like it seemed it's like their companion pieces in a lot of ways, like for the actress. Uh, I think you like you would you don't really. Yeah, I feel like I know think, Veronica Vaughn more now. Do you think Sonia <laughs> is undercover as Veronica Vaughn? That was like one of her operations. Yeah, I think if you only are if you think if you're in a few big movies and you're like going to air, I think they're all connected. I think we're allowed to do that. But anyways, yeah. So she's looking for this guy named Kano, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and she's just like running around, uh, and trying to track him down. And, uh, and this kind of like this, like the mysterious host man keeps appearing, like luring around. And he's like clearly like very horny for Sonia, which is, uh, like a repeat, a repeated thing throughout the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but basically the whole thing is, okay, we've set, we set up sort of all the people, all these different fighters around, uh, around the world. And then we get back to, um, <clears throat> Liu Kang, uh, who, um, you know, basically he's like at his village and I guess, what is it like Thailand or something it's like China. that? He goes back. Yeah. He is, goes to China. China. Yeah. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be China, but it's very obviously Thailand. Yeah. It's it right. looks like Thailand. They shot it all in Thailand. That's yeah. why I thought it was Thailand. It's really weird because it's so obviously Thailand and then the title comes up and it's like Hong Kong. And you're like, wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in the river and it has like this very clearly old Thai architecture and says China. And then later we cut to the city and it's like very clearly Bangkok and it says, it says Hong Kong. And it's like, what? Come on. Just put the movie in Thailand. Like if it's going to look this much like it's in Thailand, just say the movie takes place in Thailand. Who cares? Yeah. 
Yeah. I would have loved if they were like San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe that's why he lives in the weird green room. Is because if they had shown us his American house, it would have been like, okay, no, this is not L.A. I wonder if people in the '90s knew that because, like, I'm pretty sure I only know Thailand because that's where every Instagram influencer goes, and so I know what Thailand <laughs> looks like because of that. And I wonder, like, in the 90s, if people saw Thailand, are they just like, yeah, that's China? I don't know. It was definitely a more Orientalist time where it was just sort of like it was all China, I feel yeah, like, yeah. As, as far as movies were concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a diamond master at geoguesser.com. So I, <laughs> I saw that shit a mile away. Um, but so, you know, there's it's what I like about Act One is that it does move pretty quickly and doesn't linger for too long. So Liu Kang is running through the village. He's arguing with his elders and then Raiden appears. Oh, um, really quick. Can we talk about that argument? Because mm-hmm. it sets up the thing about Liu Kang. This is this will set up the trend that makes me most annoyed with this movie as far as that relates to me. Sure. Is that Liu Kang shows up and espouses an accurate theory of history at his old guy at his older man where he's like fights between random people don't determine how the world works it's like big structures of shit that's happening and the priest is like wrong um <laughs> so Liu Kang starts mm-hmm. the movie as like a straight up like material yeah. structuralist and his art yeah. is to learn that actually that's not real it doesn't matter it's just about punching yeah. Um, which I kind of respect for the movie to take, but also as a material structuralist drove, drove me crazy because he walks in and it mm-hmm. was like, I have a note that says, holy shit, Liu Kang's a structuralist. I really respect that. And then the next line note is, oh, but no one else is. Um, mm-hmm. And then Raiden shows up after I freak out about that thing. And it's Christopher <laughs> Lambert. Yeah, honestly, I was like not I was not analyzing this movie at all on that level because too many of the people just that were looking crazy, including <laughs> Christopher Lambert, yeah. uh, who um, is Raiden. And I, I I looked at the character and I Googled what Raiden <laughs> looks like. <laughs> and then I looked back at the character and I was like, this guy, he this guy has like long like the video game characters like got like the normal like kind of oriental ninja outfit. Yeah. The guy I'm looking at in the movie has these long white flowing hair, looks like a wizard. I mean, he looks kind of like uh he looks like kind of like if Legolas was a sugar daddy. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, like the leg list that just subscribes to OnlyFans. Kind of like an older, an older queen that like is like you know like looking for someone to spoil. Like, like that, that he just he kind of just like lurks around uh, with this vibe, and but but he talks like Rembrandt. Well, he talks like Christopher uh, Lambert with he, his weird Swiss he, accent. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Meh. he's like, Meh. like uh, Liu Kang, the tournament. <laughs> like, it's like, what is, what is, there's, there's like so many choices happening here at once. Lots of choices. Like, first of all, to make him white. Second of all, to give him that hair and then to like queer code him a little bit too. <laughs> like, it, it, I love the character in the movie, but it is not the character from the video games. And I'm not sure mm. if it's, it's a good choice or not but it's so fun mm-hmm. yeah it's weird because it's it's like Raiden is known as the leader of earth world or whatever ultra like basically the powerful kind of protector of earth i guess in this movie at least i'm not really sure what much about his character um in the games and it is odd that they felt like they needed this sort of like elderly mystic like old white guy to be like the protector of earth as opposed to like a middle-aged like asian man which is what like raiden is presented as in the video games and i wonder if that's like a direct like oh like american audiences won't connect to this or 
something. Like, it does feel a little bit like a like a like a dumb uh, whitewashing. But you know, if you are gonna whitewash it, I do think it should be uh, that. I think whatever they did here <laughs> is pretty funny. <laughs> what they did here is really funny because it's it's they're trying to both they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. As far as like he's like a little bit playing Highlander. But also like a yeah. little bit not doing Highlander. And so it's like yeah. they're like keeping like the long hair is definitely like a Connor McCloud look. Some of like the way he talks is very the way he talks in Highlander. But then the way he like mm-hmm. cracks funny jokes and like Logan said is like a little queer coded is very not Highlander. And they're kind of yeah. trying to have it both ways. We were like, that's the Highlander guy, but he's doing a different thing. Or is he? Um, and it comes mm-hmm. off as this really super bizarre character that I it do find kind of charming to have on screen, uh, even if he is just so fucking strange. Right, right. And, and so the movie is just really moving very rapidly. Sort of everyone has just appeared at the docks, some related to Shang Tsung, some just coincidentally. And this mis- mystery boat appears. And I'm kind of like, hell yeah. Like, this is my kind of movie, like mystery boat taking you to the tournament, like everyone getting on it. Um, and so they all kind of get on their boat for all these different reasons. And then they're basically they they, they go down into the bottom of the ship and they meet Shang Tsung and he shows for the first time Sub-Zero and Scorpion Mm -hmm. Um, and the movie treats this like it's like a really big deal but like for anyone who does it like me who doesn't really know much about Mortal Kombat I'm like oh it's like yeah these two ninja guys like okay like why do I care more than just normal (laughs) henchmen or stuff and I guess it's because they have these weird powers (laughs) yeah they're like the two most famous Mortal Kombat uh, characters, I think, and it is weird that they just made them like side characters, but then also made a big deal when they showed up. And they're also like not th- their own agents; like they have no agency in it. They're just like yes. thralls almost of of him. Yeah, very strange. See, choice. I thought that was actually a good choice. Okay. Uh, and here's why I think it was a good choice is because they're the most famous characters, and they don't have time to give everyone time. I thought it was smart mm. than to be like. Here's these two guys. You recognize them visually. They're clearly tough guys. We don't have fucking time to make them real characters. They're mind <laughs> zombies. They're going to do all their cool tricks. Mm-hmm. They're not going to think a single thing or make any choices. They're brain zombies. Sub-Zero is going to make some shit cold. Scorpion's going to say, get over here. That's it. We're moving on. Um, and sure. the, that's it. We're moving on. Energy this movie has for things is oh, unbelievable yeah. at times. Yeah. I love it's it. I, I thought of uh, yeah. Infinity War the whole time. But without any backstory, totally. it's amazing. Like they touch on everyone just as long as Infinity War <laughs> yes. does. But we have no reference because there hasn't been any other movies yet. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's not like there isn't time because there's a lot of repetitive <laughs> stuff happening in the middle of act two and stuff oh, like yeah. there could have been time to like let us know why any of this stuff was important. But I, but yeah, it is really funny that they are just kind of relegated to, oh, yeah, these two different colored ninjas. Um and so uh, then Raiden appears and kind of has this like standoff with Shang Tsung. It's like, OK, these are the two leaders of the realms going against each other or whatever. But I also was kind of con- always confused about Shang Tsung's role because I thought it was a little odd that like the organizer of the event was also the villain. I was like, shouldn't the organizer be sort of like a third party? And then like the villains on one team, I was always a little confused by that. And I was like, maybe there should have been another character. It just felt like Shang Tsung was like playing too many roles in the film. Well, it comes up later because Katana challenges him on that 
She's like, yeah. you're setting your own rules when like these are the cosmic rules. And she kind of challenges him, which I thought was a little interesting. What little plot <laughs> mm-hmm. is in this movie? I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. <laughs> but I was always confused on what his role is was throughout the whole movie. It was like, okay, is he the announcer? Oh no, he's <laughs> the he's the opponent. I'm like, I'm just confused on what his deal was. Yeah, there's a line that we'll get to later that I will talk about that offended me greatly because of all the things that we're talking about right now. Um, <laughs> okay. and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, oh, do you want to say one thing about Raiden's appearance yeah. though? He appears as a bolt of lightning that turns into Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Total fucking no sell on that from Luke Cage, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage. It is as though a normal dude just walked into the room. Like they do not react mm-hmm. at all to a wizard appearing in a blast of lightning. It is a what? Mm-hmm. And they take a reaction shot. They take a wide reaction to the three yes. of them where they do nothing. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> It, this scene was where I started to have the feeling that, oh, no, the movie actually might be really dumb because the, the, the main squad are reactionless the entire time down below in the boat, like first with the fight, then with Christopher Lambert. And then finally, when Raiden lets the, our heroes know that he's basically tricked and trapped them into this like world stakes life or death battle where it's like the fate of the earth is upon them and they've lost nine out of 10 of the games. And this is the final <laughs> one. Zero reaction from our hero. They're just like, okay, that's facts. Like there's like, there's zero contemplating with that or rationalizing with that. Just like moving on. Like the like they don't treat it importantly at all. And they're just like, can we just get to the next fucking scene? This movie's on 1.5 speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, 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 wild yeah, yeah it's very and strange it also has the strange effect of christopher lambert who's usually in all this in all of the highlander movies like going like the smallest of all the weirdos in those movies being by far the broadest personality in these moments and it's super mm-hmm. strange to me to see him do this to play like super big crazy wizard as opposed to like mm-hmm. grumpy soldier yeah um so you know uh we get we set off on the boat and and there's some incredible green screen painting scenes of them going up to the island and like climbing up all these steps there's a few little comedy bits between our heroes you know uh rick astley is considered kind of a, a dick and and uh and sonia is uh sort of just a tough female it's not you know going to be distracted by anything but her vengeance over a character that we never met and we never know how her partner died or the context we just know that her partner has been killed and i guess that's enough we know that we know that kano killed him yeah, yeah we, know, we know that's we know she's trying to get revenge but it's like okay we it's it's tough for us to really care much yes. more than like that surface level fact that is true and, and then like not to jump the gun but like she gets her revenge and completes her whole character arc by like halfway through the movie <laughs> and then she just is there for the rest of the movie <laughs> like her yeah, arc is spoiler finished alert, so fast yes. yeah spoiler not to give it away but <laughs> we'll get yeah, that it's so <laughs> insane also um, this the island they roll up to really quick insane that it's like an island palace with no dock <laughs> that they have to take separate boats from the big boat to the beach and then go up these stairs when it's like if you build a palace on an island just build a fucking dock there what are we doing <laughs> Also, in the entrance hall, our first reptile sighting, yeah, uh, which is important to me as someone who played reptile as a kid, uh, which is uh, great. I have I'll track all of the reptile sightings. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So we enter the temple. Uh, Princess Katana appears, which is also just sort of a baffling character. Um, and she like instantly like is giving horny eyes to Liu Kang. And then uh, our uh, our villain talks to a CGI reptile monster boy. and tells it to keep an eye on Princess Katana. Make sure there's no hooking up between her and Liu Kang because uh, Princess Katana apparently is adopted daughter to the emperor and she could broker a peace between the realms and we can't have that. Um, so that is about a talking and set up and then it's like boom that Mortal Kombat music plays and we're instantly we're going to town. The trio are fighting uh they're, they're kicking people's asses uh and it's in this like room that kano is in with like a bunch of chicken on the table uh it's so gross kano is just like uh this like you know kind of just mobstery assholey guy it's kind of, he's very vague i can't tell if they're going for like like an irish thing or an italian thing i'm not sure what he was trying to do oh, he's going for australian. Like a boston thing australian that's for sure yeah. what he was trying to do. It was bad, but he was definitely yeah. <laughs> he was doing bad Australian for sure. Yeah. And wasn't the yeah. character not Australian in the game? And then after this movie, they were like, oh, now he's Australian. And then like later games, they made him more Australian. I believe that is, in fact, 100 percent the case. <laughs> mm hmm. Yes. Uh, and he's in a new one, too. Um, but so like they, they do a fight there. The chicken is just so gross. It looks really undercooked and it's just like jiggling on the table as they're fighting. I couldn't stop looking at that shit. Uh, it was really gross. Um, and there's also, there's also a Prince Goro. Yeah. And this is also where we meet Prince Goro, which is uh probably like the best example for like why we should stop doing CGI characters and just keep investing in whatever the fuck that was because yeah. it looks pretty good still. Yeah. For 95, he looked like a good freak. That was honestly the most interesting part of the movie. And I like looked up some behind the scenes of how they did Goro after because it's crazy. Mm -hmm. He has like two torsos. And at first I was like, did they just put like two guys on top of each other and then build this suit around him? Uh, <laughs> And I looked it up and there's a stunt guy that controls like the legs and the bottom arms. And then they have this whole animatronic rig with an animatronic face with two arms and a head on top of him that had oh, like shit. that had like 10 different puppeteers uh, going with the, the arms and the face like all at once. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. look it look it up on on YouTube after this because it's it's crazy. That's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it is a, it is a wild contraption that like, it's just like, there's times where it can look a little goofy, but I'm like, man, if like we had just like kept on developing that stuff for the last 25 years, it would be insane by now. Like it would, and, and, and I just, there is something to it that makes, that gives it more presence and just generally makes it like more fun to watch, like yeah. more captivating. Definitely. Like your eyes glaze over when it's, when it's just like the infinity war meme after a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing feels lived in, but anyways, so yeah, they get some fighting done. Uh, and then, you know, I, I had this thing where I was like, I was watching like Liu Kang do some of these fights and I was like, it it is like so like much better watching the way that like he's fighting and like putting his whole fucking body into it and doing like a lot of these fucking stunts and so many action heroes. And I was thinking a lot about like watching him just like flip upside down, like upside down and doing so much of it and just so how fucking jacked he was. Um, and just thinking about how like in, in like 
when people freaked out when Henry Cavill like reloaded his arms <laughs> in a scene in Mission Impossible, like something that requires no skill or physical like achievement at all. And people are like, he moved his arms like this, like guns. <laughs> and it's like Luke Kane over here is like doing triple backflips and like and shit. And I was like, damn, like. I don't know. Maybe it's just the internet, like memeing it harder. But like th- these people are, were of a different breed, different breed of action star. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the you know, I, I don't think Americans ever really perfected the the kung fu or mortal com- or mortal or martial arts movie. But like, yeah, there some of the stuff that the martial artists did back in like the seventies and up until like the nineties is incredible, incredible feats of of acrobatics and stuff that like. Yeah, I just don't know if we have an appreciation for it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. R.I.P. Because yeah, the, the, he's doing like Shaw Brothers shit, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So there's a few scenes, and then we get to sort of a beach setting where there's going to be a lot more fights. Uh, Liu Kang fights just a random nameless guy. I thought that was really stupid, yeah. and I was like, okay, this guy like has no abilities, is very low stakes. Like, okay, the movie's starting to slow down. But then uh, Sonya versus Kano goes down, uh, and Sonya pretty much just immediately kills him, just <laughs> like pretty much nonchalantly, like snaps his neck, doesn't think <laughs> about it. She just like she achieves her goal pretty quick and then it's just over like you're right like it's, it's so it's, anticlimactic it's it's crazy that that's her whole goal through the whole movie and it happens like uh, that <laughs> it's so funny she's like well I, i'm not doing anything now so i can help you guys with whatever you I got guess going I'll save on the world now since i'm done <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an editing choice and that got moved around from the script and here's why i think that because we get two fights on the beach and then immediately cut to johnny cage fighting scorpion in a fucking forest and it seems so unfair and such nonsense to like the way the, the tournament is works. Although we'll get to the question of whether or not it works in any meaningful way later. Um, but like, it's so crazy. It makes me feel like maybe like the Sonya blade thing was supposed to come later, but they moved it around because of cuts to things. Cause there's a lot of parts of this movie where I feel like scenes or exchanges were just fully cut out. That might've made things better or longer or worse or whatever. And this feels like something mm-hmm. just got moved around. So it's so crazy to be like, Beach fight, beach fight. Welcome to the woods. No one else is here. Why are we here? Who knows? Fight time. Let's it go. Just, it just immediately cuts to that woods fight. There's like, like the act. Yeah, act two just feels like crazy just all over the place you don't know why anything's happening and you're not really sure like what the ram like what's a tournament fight and what's a fight outside the tournament because <laughs> a lot of times people are getting in like personal de- fights in hallways and it's like does that count as a tournament fight like i'm confused <laughs> on what like what uh, once you're on the island, can you fight people at any time? It's it, none of it is really clarified or makes sense. So you just kind of have to go along with it and yeah. just not care. Um, the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight does include my favorite fight or shot in the movie, which is mm-hmm. they're fighting and the fight starts off with like Scorpion doing like get over here and Johnny Cage dodges it, but then they like chase him around the woods and like running from this metal chain, and then eventually he dod he like gets away and then he looks around and there's no one around him. Then he turns. And there's like an empty pathway and then Scorpion cartwheels out from behind a tree (laughs) into the middle of the woods pathway. And I popped for that shit. That was so fucking good to me that he just like does a little cartwheel, Mm. like truly a cartwheel. He's like Robin. Yeah, he's kind of I mean, that's basically his moveset in in this movie is is kind of like, yeah, like cartoon, like Robin gymnast shit. And it was so funny for him to just like, boop, here I am a little little classic little kid gymnast move. And now I'm ready to always useless. It never is like it never helps. Yeah, (laughs) it was to me that that was the highlight. You can tell they thought of putting that 
you know, the scorpion fight among the trees so that they could do that, like his snake arm whipping around everywhere. But then, yeah, they didn't try to fit it in the plot at all. It was just like, oh, all of a sudden they're in the woods now and they're fighting. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, since when can his chain do all that? Like in the games, it was always just like straight shot, get over here. And now it's like snaking through trees and like wrapping stuff up. Mm -hmm. It feels like they blew a lot of the CGI budget on that one. Like like for 1995, like it was it was a lot of money spent on whatever the fuck that scene was. Um, But we're. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's and that's what this is the scene that really stuck in my child mind was when he basically gets sent to the bone realm, uh, which is like he just like gets thrown through a red portal and he like uh, and there's like skulls. But it honestly does feel like like really tightly shot and they're in some sort of like mall like haunted house of sorts like it's like very like it's like it's like oh no we spent all the money on on the weird uh hand rope and now we're in a spirit halloween shooting the next scene yeah um it's very very funny i'm pretty sure the two locations in this movie were thailand amazing and then just like sound stages in Burbank somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one was like especially sparse. There's a, yeah. there's a part of the fight where uh, he falls into a pit of bones, but there's literally just like three skeletons. <laughs> it's like not that much, but it's like meant to look like a pile, but it's like creatively piled to be, it's just like three heads on top of each other. It's like, okay, this is starting to like get really thin in certain parts. Um, but you know, he defeats Scorpion with some sort of Captain America shield and explodes him uh and 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 leaves the bone realm scorpion is exploded yeah scorpion turns into a skeleton for some reason and then his head explodes it's like it's so crazy nothing makes any sense during that scene yeah it's just all over so then there's a weird fight immediately after that where luke Kang fights katana and ever and in the fight she's whispering secrets to him uh, and the main secret is that in the next fight where he's fighting Sub-Zero, this guy who's been established to be fucking insane and crazy, uh, that he needs to use the power of life, which turned out to just be tossing a bucket of water at Sub-Zero to kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, element that gives life. And yeah, yes. the fact that Sub-Zero is killed by a giant icicle is probably the most ironic thing in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. Also, this katana yeah. scene is great because it's a real indicator that fucking Shang Tsung is bad at all the shit that he's doing. Like one <laughs> of his stated goals is to keep Katana from having time to hang out and talk to Liu Kang. And there's like having a fight in the hallway that was either sanctioned by the tournament or not stopped by his bajillion guards. Like Shang Tsung is doing an awful job. Yeah, the entire time I'm and that's my thing. I go back to is what is his job? Is he the opponent? Is he the manager of the event? Is he some like third party overseer? Like what? How much skin does he? have in the game there's a lot of talk of an emperor who's running the show it's so it's like it's just bizarre uh and it just feels like he's like he is taking up the space of like two or three characters yeah <laughs> in terms of function um but so there's that stuff there, uh and then uh let's see wait where were we um so the sub-zero fight which you know sub-zero is so hyped up not only in just like the the franchise but then also like you know in this movie when he kills a guy earlier by freezing him and exploding him and then the fight against him is is very tame it's very boring and then sub-zero charges up and he splashes a bucket of water on him and kills him and it's like okay what is going on with this movie yeah that was the weirdest thing it's like okay he's defeated by ice he is the ice guy 
Uh, shouldn't mm-hmm. he have some sort of ice powers against ice or something? And it's also eliminating the two biggest threats of the film besides Goro yeah. or very early in the film. So it's like, oh, wow, like there's not many bad guys left now. It's like they pretty much got them all very quickly and without like much effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Johnny Cage kind of takes out Goro with like a nut punch and then making him fall off a cliff is very fun. Well, well that's well, well, that, well yeah, that, that, well, well, that what brings me. Um, that, that is, that is re- literally the next scene is like where we tick off all of the bad guys, like pretty early on in the film. Mm-hmm. There is one important thing that happens between right before that, which is Raiden goes out and is basically like, does it tells them about the secret <laughs> where he's like, you have to believe in yourself and visualize what you want. And then explains each character's character arc to them individually, <laughs> uh, before Johnny goes to fight Goro. He goes up to each yeah, one of them was, and is like, Luke Han- or he's like, Sonya Blade, you don't trust anyone. Gotta learn how to fix that. Johnny, <laughs> you're brave, but you think you're a faker, which means you're gonna do some dumbass shit. Luke Kang, you feel responsible for your brother's death. Gotta get over that. That's what the movie's about. Bye! And then, like, leaves. I mean, honestly, yeah. respect for that because they just, like, yeah, they, they know that you're not watching it for the plot, so they're just like, okay, here's the story beats we have to hit to make a movie, and uh, now here's some fights. <laughs> Uh, now it's technically a movie. Time for Johnny to go yeah. challenge Goro. Yeah. yeah. Every time Raiden appears, it is kind of like, hey, guys, sorry, we forgot to write the movie. Uh, it's, uh, okay. it's like the writer showing up and just being like, OK, let yeah. me fudge some notes in, in the margins here. And then, OK, back to the fight scene. Yeah. Bye. Um, and so, yeah, I do. I do. I, I do love Raiden, though, because his energy is so funny. Um, and, and he is he is doing he's like everyone else is doing like theater and he's doing Broadway. Like, that's the difference. Like, I think yeah. is like in, in like whenever he's whenever he's around, he makes the scenes like a little more musical. Yeah. Um, yes. And so then, Gore, you know, instantly the two ninjas, which I'm told are very cool characters, Yawn, <laughs> um, are defeated easily. Um, and then Goro, the big guy, he starts uh just like kicking lots of nameless guys around like mm-hmm. like i'm just like what is this like are there a bunch of other humans on the team these teams are ill defined who are all these guys he's beating up and also I made me realize this movie is fucking PG as shit. Like no finishers, no blood. These guys are like rolling around. It's like, it felt like watching wrestling in a lot of ways uh, where I was like, these are all like wrestling falls and stuff like that. Like these aren't like brutal kills or finishers or even like PG 13 violence. Yeah. And I think that was a big controversy at the time was like mortal Kombat the game was so popular because it was so violent kind of. And so then when they were like making the movie, everyone wanted that violence, but they were also like, okay, we have to make this so that teens can go see it because that's our audience. So we have to keep it PG 13. And I think I was like reading up uh, trivia on the movie and they said like the, the rating, you know, organization said, okay, if you kill a human on screen, it's an automatic R rating. So they could kill Goro on screen because he's technically not a human and they could like they got away with it by killing these other creatures on screen because they're technically not human. But they couldn't show a human being killed on screen in a Mortal Kombat movie. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's so bizarre. And it's just, and it really does start to make the movie feel like very thin and just like cheap in a way. And I'm not looking for like the brute. I'm not even saying like, oh, it's got to be that, you know, brutal R. Can it believe I just saw that thing? But I'm like, this isn't even PG 13 violence. No. Like, this is like safely like Power Rangers PG style action at times. Yeah. Like, um, so then there's this Goro uh, versus art fight. The, 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 the black friend who has no lines and then just gets immediately just destroyed yeah. very boring fight and i'm just like this is starting to get very boring but then johnny suits up to fight uh goro and uh johnny does a, what it seems to be like a classic you're not really like a movie made in the 90s unless there's like a dick punch or kick in it mm -hmm. uh that's the great that's the great trick to disable this giant monster is he's got a dick too and they kick him and then he's pretty much like stunned for the rest of the fight yeah. like it doesn't wear off like like minutes later he's still like oh God, oh, oh. that was his weak spot yeah he found it i was also wondering if they were referencing a, a van damme moment with that split that he does because he goes down into a split to punch him I was yeah, wondering if that's what they sure, were trying man, to for do. For sure, Van Dam. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Rick Astley doing Van Dam. Um, <laughs> two quick notes on on the scene before this and this scene. Right before this is the moment where the line that I yelled at my computer about happens because uh, uh, Johnny Cage goes to challenge uh, Goro by talking to Shang Tsung about it, and then Shang Tsung is like, "I'll do it, but only if you make this crazy deal with me." And Johnny's like, you got it. And then Raiden comes up and is like, that's against the rules. And Shang Tsung turns to him and in a single on Shang Tsung goes, the rules are clear. That is a quote that he says. And I yelled at my computer, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they could not be less clear. It seems like every scene someone is making up rules about something and it's going fucking crazy it's fucking nuts it's audacious it's offensive the movie would claim that it is clear like the audacity <laughs> to tell me that the rules are clear in a movie where it's an hour 10 minutes in and we're still making up new rules and i'll tell you what listeners guess what more rules are coming there are more yeah. rules to come later in the movie it's fucking psycho and the other thing that happens in the scene speaking of the dick punch is that i think that goro had a damn hard on because johnny johnny mm. punches him in the crotch and then i was running away looks his hand and goes oh that hurt as though he had punched <laughs> something hard and devastating which makes you think he punched goro in his hard ass dick but hmm. do we know the biology of wow. whatever goro is like maybe his dick is just that hard i don't i don't i don't know i thought that was kind of what was going on is like goro is built up to be this like you know almost like a rock creature I thought that's kind of what they were doing, but maybe not. Maybe he maybe was I'm just being anthropocentric. Raging, maybe uh, he had maybe a I'm raging combat boner. Yeah, I, don't, I would. I might. It might hurt more to be hit with a hard dick. I'm not sure. Yeah, but just fucked up Johnny's hand, and I was hard freaked out. I'm, I'm thinking about Goro here. I'm, I'm <laughs> empathizing with Goro. I'm trying to say like, would I want my dick to be soft or hard when I got kicked with it? It's hard to say. Really hard to say. Um, but yeah, Goro is again yet another villain built up a lot. Looks great. Uh, defeated hilariously easily, like like barely any effort at all. Yet again, <laughs> and it's like okay, these guys just have no ideas on how to end any of these fights. I mean, I think like I think part of it was that suit, and they realized like, oh, we can't really shoot a fight scene with this suit because it's like a, a machine on top of a person. And I think they did the best they <laughs> yeah. could, but yeah, he gets defeated mm -hmm. very 
very easily. Yes. Um, and so then, you know, uh, there's a little more talking, but uh, Sonia is kidnapped to the outer world or whatever. Is it outworld or outer world? Because I think characters say it both ways. I think it's outworld. Yeah, it's outworld. It's- yeah. Okay. So she's sent off to Outworld, and then they're just like, "Okay, we'll go after her." Um, and then there's a fight um, immediately there out in the spooky Outworld. And and I guess one thing that I did want to say really positively about the movie is they built a lot of really cool sets for the film. Like, there's a lot of cool temple sets, and there's just like a lot of cool, you know, spaces that they had to fully kind of build. Yeah. Um, and it just feels better. It just feels and looks better than any of these fucking green screen shits. It looks like a big version of like a really detailed like D&D map at some parts. <laughs> yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's like the first thing I thought yeah, of. Which is what I thought for. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, I yeah. It's, mm-hmm, Yeah, it's like kind of like a third person view of like a, like a Baldur's Gate type of game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like... Uh, it's yeah so like it's like this kind of spooky other realm they're in uh and then there's this fight with reptile and i was so pissed because basically reptile goes inside a statue gets eaten by the statue i guess and then turns into a green ninja and i'm like is that reptile's power normally he does transform into from like ninja to invisible the statue thing was new. I think he does like some stuff with stone, but like that was not, that's not the reptile I know and understand. Hashtag not my reptile. It was so confusing. And I was like, it seems like basically the, yeah, it seemed like basically they wanted to avoid a CGI fight. So they needed to manifest it into like a human actor for a moment to actually do the fight. Um, and so like it just got, it got like eaten by a statue and then the statue like became a green and I was like, oh great. Another different color ninja. What's his power? And his power was nothing. And I was like, why is this even here? This is such a waste of fucking time. His power is to be full (laughs) of worms. uh, Yes, his power is to be full of worms. Yeah. It's broken apart and worms pour out. I'm like, okay, guys, there you had a lot of time to like make anything make more sense, like spend time with characters and decisions. And instead we did like more fights that like you're not even the like, passionate about. Like, like like it felt like they're just kind of going through the motions at this point with this fight. Um, but then finally the the fucking they summit the tower and the Mortal Kombat music is fucking back. And I'm like, all right, I'm happy again. Like the energy's here. Let's go. <laughs> Every time that needle drops uh, on the Mortal Kombat song, I'm just like, hell yeah. That's this is what the movie is. Like you can yeah, instant you can dopamine. like fix a movie pretty much any time. Yeah. <laughs> just drop that into other movies, just you know, make them better. And it did make me think, I was like, why wasn't more of the score like that for all the fights? Like, it doesn't have to be the that song every time. Although that, that would be funny if it was that <laughs> song every time. Uh, but, you know, like that kind of score, I think, could have helped the fights. Yeah. Uh, but they summon all these fighters out of holes and they all have weapons and he defeats them all pretty easily. <laughs> Uh, it just again feels a lot like wrestling at this point. Totally. Like you, you kind of see a lot of the moves get like very telegraphed, um, and it's just like all the cool villains died. Anyone who looked cool and scary is already dead, and so it's like it's hard for me to be scared of any of these guys who look less scary and are defeated instantly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to take them seriously, and also it's like 
it's so much about the scene is more of just like Shang Tsung and goons being doofuses because like they just like they just appear in Shang Tsung's house dressed up as his monks and no one notices on the way there. Katana does a lore dump that's like way too late in the movie for me to give even kind of a shit about. Um, I barely mentioned it because I was like, who cares? At yeah, this it's point? Fucking, yeah. She's like shows up again. And it's like, all right, whatever. Like <laughs> they get there and Shang Tsung's murder zone has like all these cool traps, like never really do anything except for one moment in a little bit. Um, and the only and then what happens is after he fights all these like meaningless goons, his brother's ghost shows up and is like, you're you're responsible for my death. And he's like, no, I'm not. For some reason, I've come to that conclusion, I guess, because Raiden told me I have in my notes. What did Luke? How has Luke Kane changed or grown to earn this moment? Whatever. I guess he's going to punch his brother. Um, he fought everybody. Mm-hmm. That's how he decided. That's how things are decided in the Mortal Kombat universe as you fight. And there is an episteme here. Yeah. yeah, there's an ideology here, I guess, that I just hadn't fully <laughs> completed. But yeah, he fucking he fends him off and then fights Shang Tsung again. And then Shang Tsung has some real you made me bleed my own blood energy when he's like <laughs> looking at him after the fucking punch fest. And it's ugh, it's nonsense. The but, whole scene but is but nonsense. A, but again, the again, the then, then, you know, after all, all these other bad guys are defeated. Shang Tsung has pretty much no plan is a normal guy doesn't really have any powers and the fight is very very basic and trivial and uneventful and it also was like the most pg fight yet because it was so funny like like shang sung would get punched in the face like 10 times and they'd like cut back to him and his like hair wouldn't even be fucked up like no blood no bruises no dishevelment it's like it's just nothing it's just like these people are just cartoon characters bouncing off each other and there's like no there's no damage or like effects and it just it was like incredibly boring fight and then these spikes start rising (laughs) out of the ground and the villain does nothing with them Am I crazy? Well, he does something. With, was he, he trying to do something with them? With them? <laughs> well, he dies on that's them. something that he does. The one thing he does. Uh, no, but like, well, but he summoned them. Yeah. Never makes an attempt to to <laughs> totally, use them. Totally unnecessary. And then it's just like this is the perfect thing for you to kill me with. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I think is referencing the the game, or they're like trying to make a good adaptation of the game by being like. Oh, in the game, there's like environmental stuff on the on certain levels. And the same reason that like all the fights on the island take place in different locales that are still on the island is like, oh, because, you know, you select a, a map on the game to play on, basically. And so that's what we're trying to recreate in the movie here. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I wrote down because my note just says shouldn't have put so many decorative spikes in his damn house. Like that's because they because like you said, they don't they aren't for anything. They're strictly to make it look like a Mortal Kombat fight. And they end up just fucking stabbing yeah. him through the stomach and kidney and killing him. Uh, a bad choice. It, Shang Tsung. It, it, it'd be one thing if he was like uh, if, if he like laid a trap and then like mm. almost like they almost got the hero to fall on the spike. But there's like never any danger of Liu Kang like getting anywhere near those spikes. And they come so out of the ground so it slowly. Is, <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> It is very funny. Um, And so, you know, then he's pretty, pretty easily defeated. And he's I guess he says, you know, okay, brother forgiven. Uh, Sonya's killed Kano early on. So she got hers. Um, And um, I would say that uh, Johnny Cage, I don't really know if he ever has a moment where he feels like he got to be considered a real fighter. 
Like, can you, like, is there a moment? I don't think he has a moment, but he's, 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 he's in the tournament, you know? He's, oh, I actually do think he has a moment. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> um, because I wrote this down. He has in the first scene when he's fighting the fucking goof guys, his last line of the, the, the stunt doubles is this is the part where you fall down and the guy like falls down. And he's like, you're, you suck at your job. Um, and mm. then when he fights Goro, he has him on the ledge and he's like, this is the part where you fall down. And then he falls down. Mm. And like the difference in tone, I think is supposed to indicate that like before that was Johnny sort of like frustrated and sick of his life. And this is Johnny like claiming victory that he's earned and he's proud of. Although to be fair, the victory he's proud of is dick punching a big dude and then making him fall <laughs> off a cliff. Neither of which are like ace qualifying, qualifying marks for like master of martial arts. Um, but yeah. that, I think that's supposed to be the moment where the audience go, yeah, he did it. He said the thing again. We're like, this is his arc. It's completed. We've done it. Um, yeah. Does it work? I think no. Um, <laughs> I do think he's supposed to have that moment. But the attempt was made. Yeah, exactly. It's because they have the it's because they happen at baffling times with yeah. like these like non-consequential events. Uh, and, and, and so like that's why it's like, oh, wait, did he did anything happen with any of these characters? Yeah, it's it's really baffling. Um, so then, yeah, they're like pretty much it's like the movie instantly ends in a way I really appreciate because it's like, <laughs> boom, club music is bumping. We're back in Thailand and we're just the kids are running with flags. For some reason, Sonia and Johnny are together like there was never <laughs> any chemistry between them. And there was never a scene where they got along, but they're kind of like got their arms around each other now. Uh, and uh, and, you know, I would say that like the ending is short in a way that's kind of awesome. Like yeah. it's it's like sweet. And like, I wish more movies did that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish more movies just kind of exploded and were gone because so many movies kind of overstay their welcome with their endings. And then it's like, uh oh, look out there in the horizon. Boom, boom, boom. It's motherfucking Thanos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanos is here and he's like, I am the character that was mentioned multiple times and now I'm here. And everyone's like, let's fight. Oh, it's such a good ending, man. Credits. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, having the emperor just bust on the scene. Yeah. Sonya's arc is so weird, like, because like you mentioned, she has this romantic thing with Johnny that comes out of nowhere. And then like, she becomes the damsel in distress. Once her arc is done, she's so set up to be this like badass female character. And then once her arc is done, she falls into every female character trope that is like problematic and bad. <laughs> it's, it's baffling. Yeah. It's weird choice. Yeah, a series of weird, weird choices. That is, I mean, like you said earlier, Logan, this movie is like a series of totally insane choices, um, of ones that I and a lot of the which I don't understand. Like some I've tried to justify, obviously, but like I don't like I don't get it. Like obviously, like you fight reptile there so that you can have the bicycle kick in the movie. Although why right. you just bicycle kick Shang Tsung? Who knows? Um, <laughs> like and you've got you know you Sonya Blades thing comes so early there's just so much in this movie that's so crazy and this is what I mean like I got a lot more out of this in terms of like what this movie is saying I kind of as far as it's saying anything that I didn't pick up as a kid but to me it's like that comes to the expense of enjoying the movie as much as I did when I was a kid um and so it feels like kind of a self-own <laughs> yeah in a lot of ways on my end <laughs> yeah it's an interesting movie just because like it comes on the heels of like the Mario Brothers movie and Double Dragon, which were, like, both huge flops. But, like, the Mario Brothers movie was not a Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> and, like, they tried to incorporate every aspect of Mario Brothers into some kind of story that makes sense. And, like, you know, good on them for going there. But it's not a Mario Brothers movie. 
Mortal Kombat movie is totally 100% Mortal Kombat more than it is a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think that like leads leads us to talk a, b- a little bit about this like trailer for this new film and look to the future of what th- this franchise could be in film because you know, even if this movie was marginal, boring, uh and you know, didn't really make any sense I'm still, after doing my research, left with the feeling that the universe itself isn't interesting enough to make movies out of. (laughs) I don't think that, like, this new movie looks very good. Uh, It looks to me about the same caliber of, like, the Monster Hunter movie or the Resident Evil movies. Like, it looks like a movie that, you know, is going to have, like, like a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Um, uh, And I just, like, I don't see the it's not that interesting of a story to me. It just isn't. It's just kind of boring. Um, if the only way for this kind of movie to be like super awesome is if it's just like insanely pulpy and like, doesn't it take itself seriously? But I already see it kind of like being like sub zero is this cool badass. We never heard, never heard of him before. It's been doing all these, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like it just, it, the, the, it's not into, it's not smart enough to be given that treatment in my opinion. I agree. I agree with that. I, I don't know how you get a better Mortal Kombat movie than the one that we have. And that's not to say that the Mortal Kombat movie we have is good. It's just like, yeah, how do, what do you, what do you do with it? What do you make out of it? I think at the very least it will probably have better choreography, better fight scenes, definitely better visual effects, which I think is all all a lot of people but, are asking. But again, for. I looked at Goro and Goro looks like shit in yeah. this trailer. Like Goro like Goro looks better in the 1995 film. And so I'm like, yeah, there'll be more like quick cuts and like more like crazy like CGI battles and people are like, "Holy shit, Sub-Zero threw through an ice wall." And I was like, that looks fine, I guess, but like it certainly isn't anything I haven't seen a million times already uh in terms of visual style. Allow me to introduce an alternative perspective to the conversation. <laughs> Two things. You asked how to make a better Mortal Kombat movie. I'll tell you, it already happened. It's called Bloodsport. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So here's the thing. So what you do, which is what it feels like this movie is sort of maybe doing, which is why I'm excited about it, is you just do Bloodsport, but with hard R Mortal Kombat crazy murders. And the trailer is fucking full of like blood, guts, stabbing, brutal, brutal blood shit happening. And... There's two outcomes here, right? One is the probably more likely one, so they gave away a bunch of the cool blood shit in the trailer, and it's not going to be like this way over the top visceral murder fest. But on the other side, what if it's this way over the top visceral murder fest version of fucking Bloodsport? And fucking that rules. That's going to be great. That's going to be so fun. It's going to not. Like, I don't think this is like earlier today, Griffin. I, I was like, I think that we're going to have different. You're like, I think we have different opinions of, of this trailer, and I was like, I think I know why, and that's because for me. All Mortal Kombat movie has to be to be fucking sweet is have a bunch of fights that are bloody and nasty and look pretty cool. Um, And I think that that's an attainable objective, given what I saw from the trailer. And if it can hit that mark for me, I'm going to be stoked about this movie. Um, There's also like again, there's obviously the chance that like the movie fights are all boring and it just sucks ass. Totally possible. But I think it's (laughs) conceivably good. And that excites me a lot. And that's where I'm at on this movie. I think I think you're right. The only way to make it better than the, than the 95 one is to go hard r and i think that they probably will because at this point they're not worried about getting teens into the theaters because no one cares about that anymore like they're gonna go see it anyway 
And also like the teens now are the same or, or the people who are going to see the new Mortal Kombat are the same ones that went to see the old one in theaters when they were teens, you know, totally. It's, it's the people who grew up on it. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. and like we know it's gonna be hard, at least relatively hard R, because the trailer is a red. The trailer came out's a red band trailer, you know. Like, yeah, it's it's got enough bloody nasty content to make a fucking red band trailer, which is what we love to see. And I don't know, I'm I'm excited about this. Um, I'm I especially like it because I I'm intrigued by I like tournaments, man. That's the thing. I fucking I think tournaments kick ass. Oh yeah, I think tournaments with clear rules, and I can be like. Oh, these two are going to fight and they're going to fight one of these two guys. I can get tense about that. That's yes. fun. A huge failing of this movie is that despite their constant assertions that everyone knows the rules, no one knows the rules. And it's crazy. Yes. It makes no sense. But just giving me a clear like bracket that I can like watch. Like that's why fucking Pitch Perfect works. It's why Bloodsport works. It's why a bunch of basketball and baseball movies work. Just knowing the rules and knowing where things are going. And if we can just do that, get blood everywhere. Give me Reptile. Uh, more than four times. Um, and then like, I'll be fucking hype on this fucking movie, especially if the cool guy with the chain is actually Scorpion. He doesn't wear a cool, co- doesn't wear a costume. just like a cool old Japanese man. That That's cool to me. Um, but yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I think that that's, there's a, that's a good way to do it. I just don't know if it's going to actually be that, but the pieces in the trailer say that that's possible. And I'm not going to rule out that that's possible until, uh, until I know for sure that it sucks for sure. Yeah. I, I think, I think it could be possible. I just, I just I'm looking for like a I'm looking for a new I love the tournament style. I'm just worried that the treatment and application is very uh, I've seen it before in terms of like the movie, the style. I don't like the performances I saw in the trailer. And so I'm like, oh, like I, I'm all for like a, like a fun tor- tournament movie. But this movie already seems to take itself very seriously. And I'm worried about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, on that note, uh, I mean, I guess that's. And any last thoughts on the Mortal Kombat? What needs to happen here? Uh, I have one, but Logan, if you have something, you should go first. No, I, I think you pretty much nailed it. Like, yeah, if it was more of a sport movie where I could follow along and see who's winning at some point, like, yeah, I would definitely be more involved in the fights. And yeah, just hard R, lots of blood. Uh, also, I don't think we brought up uh, no Johnny Cage in the trailer. Do you think he's yeah, going like, to yeah. pop up in like a cameo and some, you know, it's going to be some famous actor that we don't know is in the movie? I sure hope not. I hate this. He's like such a boring character. Like, it's like all these people are like cool fight wizards and there's just like one dude with sunglasses. And it's like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, I don't give a shit about that your That is deal. his defining trait is that he has sunglasses and they make a big deal of it in the in the 95 movie where he crushes him and he's like, those are $500 sunglasses. And that's what was so maddening about the movie was in the 1995 film, they set up that all the villains have superpowers and none of the heroes do. And you're like, holy shit. And then when the heroes fight the villains, they rarely use their powers and fight them hand to hand most of the time. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what is <laughs> going on? You have a clear on? advantage here. You're technologically yes. advanced. Come on. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Uh, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go watch Bloodsport. Now. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Before we go, I want to do I want to run a quick list by you guys, and you guys can just tell me if thing if my get things here are right or wrong. Because as, as I like to do, I made a list of which characters do and do not fuck um, in this movie. <laughs> so my arguments are: uh, I think Sonya Blade fucks, obviously. Uh, I think Kano, or uh, I think uh, Liu Kang fucks. I think Jax does not fuck. Um, Jax, are we just gonna are we just gonna go through your list? Well, or do you want to? I was saying push. I, I literally told you to to respond to my things. I don't. 
I don't know if Luke Kane fucks as much as he makes love. Yeah. Fair. Exactly. Luke Kane makes love. Uh, at, what's it called? Sonya's a fem cell. So you got the first one wrong. <laughs> oh, I super disagree. She's like, she's fucking Johnny Cage by the end of the movie. Mm, no, that's what Johnny thinks. Fair. Maybe we're just watching from the male perspective. She's she's a femme dom. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think she's more of a dom than a femme cell. I think that she fucks I, and I she's in she, control. No, she's a, she's a Cruella type. She's a female Joker. <laughs> she's she, you just wanted to call Cruella a female Joker, and you just found your opening. That's what just happened. <laughs> no, no, that's no Cruella is female Joker. Oh, yeah. That's whatever. That's not an original take. That's what everyone says. It is yeah. true. Um, all right, so I had Jax no because Jax displays no emotion at any point in the movie about anything, even in his one big line, which was. Uh, do, 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 where he goes, uh, uh, where is Sonia? Don't go get on that thing, which is delivered exactly how I just said it. And also the thing is a boat. Uh, we yeah. do not know the word for that. Uh, Luke Cage, <laughs> uh, or sorry, Johnny Cage. I said, no. Um, even though I said Sonia Blade, yes, I just feel like Sonia Blade fucks Johnny Cage, but Johnny Cage fucks no one. That's my assessment. Where are we, where are we with that? Makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Are you saying Johnny Cage? Yeah. I mean, he's a, yeah, no, in the, in the film, he's a movie yeah. star though. So like he might have groupies. Yeah. But he just has uh-huh. no sexual energy. He's like, he feels anhedonic to me. Um, yeah. Uh, Katana. Yes. She's 10,000 years old at some point. Inevitably. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, Shang Tsung. I wrote, yeah. yes. Frowny face. Um, I think he does, <laughs> but it's a bummer. He's a fashion icon. He has a bunch of really yes. cool looks. <laughs> He's flirty. Katana's very flirty. Kano, I have yes. Parentheses Australian. Do we agree? That Kano's been under. fucking the chicken on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's also wet and jiggly. Then also, so does he have a laser beam that he doesn't use in the film? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Never uses it. The, the whole time he's got a laser beam eye. He doesn't use it once in the film. This whole film is like a fucking spirit Halloween. Yeah, the yeah. laser gun eye is like it, it's it goes from being a laser gun in the game to like just a prosthetic in the film. Like it's just like a replacement. Yeah. Um, Goro, I have doesn't fuck because he's retaining. Do we agree about that? I could see. Yeah. He's, he's, well, Goro. Yeah. He's very handsy. Yeah, Griffin. That. He's hard. He is hard. He's hard just with pure built up, like, uh, you know, masculine energy, a.k.a. cum that he's never released. Oh, I want to yeah. see what the female of the Goro species looks like. Is oh, it as top there, heavy there, as, as him? There is one. Uh, her name oh, is. Sorry to pull this up, but I'm pretty positive there is a female Goro. It's it's just like a horizontal she, uh, yeah, version. No, her name of four is legs. Her name Shiva. <laughs> She's got four legs. Her name Shiva. And uh, okay. she looks a lot like you'd think she looks. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at her now. Yeah, real weird character. And then our final mm-hmm. one, I have Raiden. Uh, doesn't fuck, was an incel, turned Valsel, and now he doesn't care and he gave up. I hard disagree with that. I think Raiden has <laughs> huge bisexual, pansexual energy, just giving it out yes. to everybody. I, I think it. He's yeah. I think he's big on consent, but it, he's he's open to to anything that you're throwing down he's that's where he is the rest of the film like he's <laughs> never there because he's just too busy fucking around like i don't yeah I, I think that's fair i was thinking of his energy as kind of post-sexual but if you think about it as like broadly mm-hmm. mega sexual that checks out to me as well um and that's my fun list of uh mortal Kombat characters from 1995 film and whether or not they uh fuck so that's some work i did today i was making did. that list well we all know well everyone in that film is dead now it's such an old film so yep you know. it's true 
May their legacy live on our memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we honor them with this podcast. <laughs> um, I think that's it, Griffin, because we're at an hour 15. We should probably call it, right? Yeah, we should call it. Logan, this was fun. This was great, guys. This was super fun. Thanks for making me watch the movie again. Yeah. We had a fun time. We talked about the film. Uh, Logan, where else can we find you online if we want to, if our, if our audience wants to find you? I'm at JL Reese on Twitter. Uh, I'm, you know, writing good good funny stuff for screen junkies so follow the screen junkies and fandom accounts and uh yeah stay tuned because some other things might be lined up cool oh, all yeah. right very nice um you know as for me guys as always twitch.tv slash choom room how about you lux um the party world wrestling guide in uh third saga sorry party world wrestling guide in third saga the saint burgers time massacre is going to be going live on YouTube and the, the video on demand on YouTube. Well, the VOD will be on YouTube uh, tomorrow or Monday. So it'll have just come out when you hear this podcast. So go check that out because we worked really hard on it. People like the Twitch stream, which means they'll probably like the YouTube stream because it's the same exact show. Nothing has changed. Um, so go check that out. And that's, I think, it for me actually right now. I don't think I have anything else serious going on. All righty. Uh, thank you, Haley, for doing the podcast. That's our producer, by the yeah, way. Yeah, check gotcha. her out uh, on Memory Static and at uh, Eat Every Sound on Instagram and YouTube. Cool. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.